Welcome to Super Daddy Club Podcast. I'm your host, Lendo. As promised, we're going to be going back over uh, the last episode, and this is the sequel to that. For our last show, we sat down with Pete, and in that conversation, I got a series of epiphanies that I did not anticipate. One of them is, I realized that society was far more equal in the household than we've always been taught. Now, Pete describes an environment where his siblings all work on the farm and the girls contributed to the work men did in the field. So when they were done with a household duty, for example, they will go work with the boys and help them out as well. Now, this is contrary to the notion that women were stuck in the kitchen performing household duties and did not take part in male-oriented tasks. So at this time, it seems the division of labor was shared based on capabilities and the availability of help. This is contrary to the notion that women were stuck in the kitchen performing household duties and did not take part in male-oriented tasks. To me, this makes sense for a time where people had bigger families. If the women were tasked with household duties, let's say, with three to four sisters, it won't be long before individuals run out of things and go help the others, maybe. Now, what we're more accustomed to Hearing of is a system where the division of labor are unequal in terms of time and value, so the contribution of one is worth more than that of the other. This brought me to look a little further into the elements that were shaping society away from what we grew up in towards what we're more familiar with, let's say. Uh, What could have changed society in such a way that the family values and norms change the way they did? In my research, I stumble on this article here, and it's called The Role of Woman in the Industrial Revolution. And I think this article captures Pete's experience very well, I would say. And it starts as follows. In pre-industrial America, the household was a center of production. Most families lived on farms where everyone worked to produce goods in order to survive. Within this context, the status of men and women was relatively equal. Men were the heads of the household, but the role of women as caretakers and producers of good, such as food and clothing, was equally important. With the first stage of industrialization, these patterns change. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. Now, the center of production was the household, and within that context, the contributors did not have a reason to view themselves as unequal partners. Although we've moved away from this thinking, and way of life, I feel like we still need to view the family as the center of production, especially when it comes to birthing and raising children. When a child is conceived, for example, the well-being of the child is dependent on the well-being of the mother, but she is also limited in her capabilities, and this progresses along with the pregnancy. Now, as a man, this is your time to really shine and take additional responsibilities in the house. After you come back from work, there's groceries, cooking, cleaning, which make for a long day. But it's okay because mother can rest, she can eat and be live in a relatively clean space. And when we look at it that way, there's no reason to believe that men do not play a significant role during this time especially. And we can do without. More so, I believe we're being brought back to when the contribution of individuals existed along egalitarian values and perception of what each brought to the table. After giving birth, the fight continues. It's not done. There's the demands of the new baby. Uh, mother's body needs time to recover. There's a loss of sleep. And, I mean, breastfeeding makes things a little bit more difficult as well. 
And if there's other children, then they also need to be cared for. It really gets tedious and tiring, but it's the reality. And when we look at it like that, again, there's no reason to believe that the work men contribute to this dynamic is insignificant. It is integral to the overall picture, to the overall dynamic. What I just described is really how the day-to-day goes when we have a child or more. We grew up accustomed to hearing phrases like, who needs a man? And I think collectively, we started believing. I mean, what women want to go through the struggle of raising children alone? And if a man understood how complex this whole situation can be and how tough it can be, and still decide to walk away from their children, this is simply ignorant and pretty much cruel. What I'm really reeling about here is the devaluation of the worth of individuals' contribution within the household. Because regardless of who's at home or who's at work, the children need to be fed, watched over, and raised. Now, the article continues as follows. Increasingly, men began working outside of the home. Rather than selling goods they had produced, these workers sold their time to factory owners, who in turn sold the mass-produced goods. Men dominated this new realm of work. They made money, not goods. They provided for their family, material success, how much money one could make and what they could buy with it became a measure of a person's worth. Women were not paid for work in the home. With the availability of manufactured goods, a woman's role as a producer within the household was reduced. Very important paragraph here. Again, it's important here to define the center of production. They're talking about physical good that could be traded on the market. I would like to suggest a household was like a special corporation in the sense it not only produced commodities that could be traded on, on the market, it was also tasked with ensuring the future of our society by the quality of little human beings that it spews out in society. So the household was a center of production for goods and healthy, functional human beings. As the center of production shifted from the household to the industries, men followed, then women, and then who watches the children? Oh, it's daycare. So we push the children out there too. This article is focused on events of uh, the 1940s as factory work was gaining dominance. But if I try to not get too carried away, I've been through two pregnancies, and the first one was very much the classical who needs a man. An intriguing question, in fact. Like I say, in our second episode, the court was content with labeling one parent the payer and the other the guardian. As a man, I'm left to wonder what is my role in all of this? Am I just a wallet? Now, my second pregnancy answered who needs a man extremely clearly. As a man, you're needed every step of the way. Even if the child was conceived by accident and you and mother don't get along, there's lots of work to be done. And I believe how in the broader society, the contribution of our female partner was reduced. In the household, the contribution of man was devalued. It was devalued to something that could be dismissed almost. That is particularly reflected in a court system. And I would suggest we allowed ourselves down this slippery slope, perhaps in ways that I've yet to fully understand. And, you know, we'll keep digging through research to get a better idea here. But the article uh, continues here and it states, At the same time, women were morally responsible for raising dutiful children, preferably sons. By the mid-19th century, popular media depicted the true woman as one who could competently manage a household 
attend to the needs of husband and children and create a pleasant, morally pure environment. Now, I was in class last semester. We had to examine these print ads from the 1900s, older ads, and there are about 15 groups within the class. And as you would expect from those times, the women were either housewife doing housewife things, working in the office as secretaries, or assisting men in showcasing product and said ad. Now, each group which went forward had noted the same set of observations pretty much, how each woman was depicted as subservient to the white male in the ad, and for those which did not depict a woman, it was the lack of a woman in the ad or the lack of color and diversity. Now, me sitting here as a black man, first and foremost, I was asking myself, why would we expect an ad from the 1930s about Cologne to future black people? You know, we're raising the bar of expectation a little too high with that one. But more importantly, for the sake of this appeal, for my young classmate, a woman seen in the kitchen was equated to oppression, which is true perhaps in terms of an inability to participate in male-oriented activities where that is the case. I'm 31 years old, and most of my classmates are maybe like 18 to 25. But I can't help but wonder if we weren't throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. Perhaps there was more to how we structure families, how they were perceived, which is what the last episode with Pete really taught me. Perhaps the structure played a role in holding family together for lengthier periods and, you know, other things that maybe I'm not considering at this moment here, but it made me feel like we have a superficial understanding of the history and the events that got us to where we are. At the same time, I'm living in this modern reality of man that is speaking about the true woman as one who could competently manage the household, tend to the needs of husband and children, and create a pleasant, morally pure environment. Now, modern men, modern fathers today, I mean, this sentence very much applies to me where you could have been the true man as one who could competently manage the household, tend to the needs of wife and children, and create a pleasant and morally pure environment. I mean, these things are expected of me in modern society. It's expected of me by the court, but I mean, it raises the importance of not living according to these old norms because times have really changed. Now, there's this other article that I found, and it would have made this whole spiel way too long, so I'm going to keep it for the next time, but it brought up, there's this paragraph that I isolated that kind of like reinforces some of these things that I'm talking about. And now this one here is from Gender Inequality in Household Chores and Work-Family Conflict. We'll put a link to this in the show notes. But it states, time required for household chores and caring for the family is one of the most important factors in the conflict coming from the family sphere, especially in families with children. So the dual-income couple with children tend to have greater number of conflicts between the partners and a higher level of stress than their counterparts without children. Very interesting. When we're looking at how the contribution of individuals in relationships are devalued, it's understandable that conflict may arise, especially during pregnancy where men were not always brought to understand the depth of our contribution and the importance of it. This is really a conversation about gender inequality in the household and particularly during pregnancy. I understand how easy it is for men to feel either discounted from the experience of pregnancy, uh, not know what their role is exactly. That's why more than 
any other point to me, really, it is important to understand that during this period, we are brought back to a point where it's all hands on deck. Uh, the house is the center of production. The mother is the focus of the center as she's cooking up this little being that's about to come in the world. And what we do as men to support this processes is extremely important, and we should embrace that. Now, this uh, brings our program to an end. Just a quick reminder to subscribe to our channel to receive updates. We are now on Discord. We will post show material, papers, and articles on there. Please come and interact with us. Leave us a comments and your thoughts as well. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. That was great.